0: You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. And while you're there, download our free mobile app, Take it with you everywhere you go. There's a digital Bible on there, all of our teachings, an online community that you can converse with. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications, leave a five-star review and a really nice message, and that helps to get people off the fence. You know, they see my mug on the picture. They see half of it. That's the way the uh, podcast picture shows up. And they say, "What kind of, what kind of show is this?" But if they read your testimony about maybe how uh, reading God's word every day with us has blessed you, they might just go ahead and do it, right? And the truth sets you free. Amen. Awesome. So we are going to continue through Matthew chapter twenty-six, and I've got a bunch of notes uh, for you today, uh, and we are studying the trial. Of Jesus. Not sure how deep you've looked into the trial of Jesus, uh, but we'll get to that in a second. We're coming out of the Garden of Gethsemane over the last two teachings, right? And in Gethsemane, which means olive press, And the reason why that's so powerful is because Jesus was literally pressed by the pressure and the weight of everything that he was about to uh, embark on, everything that he was about to endure on our behalf, and he actually sweated blood in that place. Um, So really powerful there. And then what happens? He gets up, disciples are sleeping, and next thing you know, here comes this mob of people. And for a man who never hurt anyone in his life, as a matter of fact, he healed lepers. He extended his hand to the tax collectors and all the other outcasts. Uh, They bring a mob with clubs and swords, and they arrest Jesus. And it says that all the disciples scattered. And we find Jesus now being dragged to a trial, a trial that is illegal, in so many ways. And that's, that's where all my notes come from today. We're going to talk about how illegal the trial was that Jesus went through. And if you think about it, it was literally a case of justice being on trial. Why? Because God is just. And if you describe God as anything, you, it's the most perfect of that thing. So you can't get more perfect justice than Jesus because Jesus is the human reflection of every single nature of God. So you had injustice putting justice on trial. And you see this. You see this in our world even today. The broken human condition, the, the people that move for ill-gotten gain will often put truth on trial because truth does not allow them to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. The truth was that Jesus was the Messiah. The truth was everything that they've waited for in all of prophecy, every word ever uttered by prophecy was standing in human form right in front of them. Yet, yet, they chose to put him on trial. They chose to kill him. So that's where we start here. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 26, starting with verse 57. I'll start reading. See here. see. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. This is where I'm going to jump in first and foremost and say, Objection, Your Honor. I'm going to jump right in here. Objection, Your Honor. Well, why is that? Every time I do that now, I'm going to point out how this trial was illegal in re- regards to the Jewish law. It was legal, illegal, excuse me, in how they placed Jesus on trial. But first let's let's go to the point where Jesus is brought to Caiaphas. Okay? Caiaphas, if you remember, was the chief priest a chief priest where we can find historical record who was placed in his position by Rome, right? Because Rome liked to meddle in the temple dealings, which was part of a lot of the, a lot of the anxiety and a lot of the strife that was going on. And Caiaphas was a real person. We know this because in November of 1990, a limestone, what's called ossuary, was found. It was, that's a box that keeps your bones in it, pretty much. With the Aramaic inscription, Joseph, son of Caiaphas. And many, most scholars point to this being the Caiaphas that we read about in Scripture. So I don't mean to burst the bubble of your atheist brother-in-law who wants to use the word fairy tale all the time. But these are real people, Right. And that's just one very small piece of archaeological evidence that proves what we read in the Bible is based upon real events, okay? But let's continue. Objection, Your Honor. Let's go back to it. We have three clear violations right now. Just we're one verse in. We have three clear violations of Jewish law. First, trial by night. Jewish law prohibited trials to be held at night. And the trial of Jesus, according to the gospel accounts, began at night, after the Last Supper, which was in the evening, and continued through the night. Illegal. Should be thrown out right there. But when you're operating in untruth, truth is very inconvenient. And you do you have to do whatever it takes. Objection, Your Honor, number two. Trial during a festival. This was Passover. It was unlawful to conduct a trial during Jewish festivals, including Passover. So the trial of Jesus is illegal just on that count. But also, objection, the location of the trial. This trial likely took place in the home of the high priest Caiaphas, and legal proceedings should have been held in public, like the Sanhedrin court. Now, who were the Sanhedrin? I I, I want to touch on that too because Jesus is now before the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was a collection of uh, governance. It was it was where they got together to handle legal matters. It was the court, which you probably figured out by now. Let's continue reading. So, three big objections to the trial. And we're just getting started here. It says, but Peter followed at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. So we see the Peter, the, the, the disciple Peter, following along and watching intently, watching with bated breath to see what was going to happen to his Lord and Savior. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any though many false witnesses came forward. Objection, Your Honor. See, the search for false evidence highlight Again, the illegality due to false witnesses and a lack of formal accusation. There needed to be formal accusation, and initially there seemed to be no clear of uh, formal accusation made against Jesus. The trial began with a search for evidence. That's just not how things work. You don't arrest somebody and then search for evidence instead of responding to a specific charge. So here we have number four, objection number four as to why this trial was illegal. There was no formal accusation. And by the way, the bearing of false witness has never, never been something that Yahweh has ordained. And many false witnesses have stepped up. Here, This is a miscarriage of justice that happened to our Lord and Savior. Yes, yet he stood steadfast through it all. Let's continue. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. So two witnesses come forward. And talk about when Jesus said that he would destroy the temple. Now, did Jesus say that? No, he never did that. He never said that he would destroy the temple. It's a misrepresentation of Jesus' words. Jesus said, destroy this temple, and three days I will raise it up. And the Jews then remarked that the temple, right, had been under construction for 46 years. So we know, we know how they took it. And we can find that in the Gospel of John chapter 2. But John 2.21 clarifies, it says he was speaking about the temple of his body. Now, whether they ever had that clarified or not, not sure. But here's a misrepresentation of Jesus' words on trial. Let's continue. I have to expand my screen here so I can read this. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, are you not going to answer what this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us you are the Messiah, the son of God. Objection, your honor. Objection, your honor. Why? Let me just fix my screen here. I'm having technical issues today. Try to get... Hold on. My screen got all jacked up. I have to cut this out. There we go. Trying to keep my notes up on here. So, okay. Objection, Your Honor. Why? Because self-incrimination was against Jewish law. Self-incrimination was discouraged at least... And the role of the high priest questioning Jesus was unusual. He's pushing Jesus to claim that he is the Messiah. He's pushing Jesus to claim his deity in front of them. Now, Jesus made no bones about it, okay? He had claimed from the day when he said, I and the Father are one. He says, I forgive you of your sins. Only God can forgive sins. So Jesus never held back as to what his position was. And you'll get people that will tell you different. It's just not true. Say, so Jesus never claimed to be God. Oh, yes, he did. When he said, I am, that I am, that was him declaring himself as God. So he's being coerced, or there's an attempt for him to incriminate himself again, once again here. Then Jesus finally answers, you have said so. The, I'm going to back up for a second. The high priest said to him, I charge you under the oath, I uh, read this, but okay, by the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the son of God. He says, you have said so, Jesus says. But I say to all of you, from now on, you will see the son of man coming. I'm sorry, I gotta, I got to make this bigger. From now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Jesus broke it wide open right here. He breaks it wide open right here. He's referring to himself as the Son of Man, which you can go right back to, I believe it's Daniel 7. So Jesus is equating himself right here with the Messianic figure that he is. And this drives a a very intense reaction from the chief priest himself. Let's continue reading here. Then the high priest tore his clothes. He has spoken of blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look now, you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Objection, Your Honor. The charge of blasphemy for which Jesus is ultimately condemned here required specific criteria which this did not meet. It required cursing God, which Jesus did not do. It required claiming to be the, I'm sorry, claiming to be the son, the Messiah or the Son of God did not constitute as blasphemy under Jewish law. Law. Yet they put him now to death because they said that. Now, Jesus is claimed to be the Messiah, the connection that they aren't making when the prophecy of Emmanuel, God with us was released, they didn't understand that this was meaning that God was going to dwell inside of flesh. As a matter of fact, that itself is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, is denying the indwelling of the Holy Spirit itself. Let's continue. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists, and others slapped him and said, prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you? So here they are, objection, Your Honor. They're mocking him, they're hitting him, they're abusing him. And this was not a part of Jewish legal proceedings. As a matter of fact, it was very well against the way that they did things. Some other items here. No unanimous verdict. Well, there ultimately is a unanimous verdict. But the fact that there was sentencing on the same day as the trial, this was also against Jewish custom and Jewish law, to my knowledge, definitely Jewish custom. When they put somebody to death, they basically allowed for time before that sentence was given, and the night wasn't even over. None of this was legal. So where do we draw this? And this is where I want to end this, okay? Jesus' steadfastness here in the face of injustice, being wrongly accused, is something that we can look at for our own lives. Because standing up for the truth, you're gonna get a lot of stuff hurled at you, but I want you to remember how Jesus stood strong in the trial, and I hope that today, we can reflect on what he actually bore for us in this capacity. We always think about the cross, but imagine this, being spit on, being mocked, being slapped, this process. And I'm sure we can all go through personal experiences of injustice where we're accused of things that we did not do. But Jesus is our example. And my challenge to you today is to stand firm in your convictions as a Christian. Even in challenging circumstances, just seek the deeper understanding of of where you are and what your identity is in life. And I pray that you would be able to get through these struggles. This is fascinating how Jesus endured all this in the face. There was nothing about this that was legitimate. Nothing. So we just honor you today, Jesus. A lot of notes, quick teaching today. But I just want you to reflect on this. Because most of us fold like a tent when we're accused of something that we didn't do, or it causes us to lash out. And you know what? We have maybe the, the right, the ability to do so. But remember what we said yesterday, the greatest exhibition of power in love is to be able to do something to someone else, but to show restraint, to have the power and even the right sometimes to do it, but to endure looking at the victory ahead. No falsity against you can stand. Truth is the only thing that prevails, amen? Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done. We thank you for standing before this trial. And even in the face of false accusations, you stood firm in who you were. Father, give us the strength and the courage to be able to do the same in our lives, Lord God. And we will honor you with everything that we do today. No matter what's hurled at us, Lord, we'll remember that our Savior stood before injustice and stood on his conviction to save this world from all evil, even our own sin, in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church, Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. It's the 1% Christian. Go out there now. We've... Spend our 1%. Now go out to the remaining 99 and do something amazing for Christ's sake. I love you guys. Have an awesome day. I will see you in a couple days. We'll cap off Matthew 26 and close out these last two chapters. Have a great day.